0: You know, I, I get nervous when I get up here. You don't think so, but I do. And I forgot one of the most important things during the announcements. Our, our guests, we want to welcome you and tell you, you are a very important part of our service. I'm so glad that you came. I really hope that you can uh, uh, take that part of your bulletin that says about the guests and fill that out, your, your address, telephone number. They come to me and I, I get to uh, call you later in the week, uh, maybe even on Sunday. I know the offering plate's already come, but maybe you can just bring them up to me or put them up here on the front pew on your way out. I would greatly appreciate so we uh, know of your attendance. So let's um, begin our message. We're coming to the end of our series. We've been on a series, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And that's the title of our message today. And uh, we're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. who knows. Second right, Corinthians chapter 11. But um, I, I am so happy that we've done this series because a lot of people have come to me and talked about how these messages touched them and, and how it had meaning for them. And that blesses me and it helps me to know that I'm, I'm listening to God as I, I prepare. So uh, we're going to continue that for the last time today and just talk about why do bad things happen to good people? You know, we forget sometimes that everybody falls victim to burdens, to temptations, to problems in their life. And it was good to see that uh, I'm not the only one having these problems. Today's message is out of the life of Paul, the Apostle Paul. Now, he was a man who had all three of them. He had burdens, temptations. He had problems. He had that and then some. And our text today is going to be read by uh, Leyland Harvel. She's going to come up here. And uh, this is going to be just a brief summary of what the Apostle Paul endured as he suffered for Christ. So I'm going to invite you to stand with us as Leyland comes to read God's word.
1: and with a rod once I was stoned. Three times I was um, shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in, in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from faults, brothers, in toil and hardship, though many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches.
0: Thank you. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated. Thank you so much, Laylin. You know, just think about that passage for a minute. Think about all those things that the Apostle Paul endured. As we look at that, we wonder, if God is in control, and believe me, he is, then, and, and, and if God is all-powerful, and again, he really is, then why did he let all that stuff happen To his man, Paul. I mean, if God is in control, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, I'm really glad you asked that question because I have an answer for you this morning. May not be a complete answer, but I do have seven things I'd like to share with you from the Word of God that tell us why bad things happen to good people. Number one, bad things happen because we live in a fallen world, plain and simple. Because we live in a world that's filled with sin. Now, the story comes from Genesis chapter 3, but think about back in the beginning. God placed man and woman into a perfect garden where they lived in a virtual paradise. There was no pain, no suffering. There was no heartache, no headache, no death. And then Adam and Eve sinned. And that changed everything. And because of their sin, the whole world was cursed see before that they would not have died but now death has come in God said in the day you eat of that fruit you will surely die the death process began the clock began to tick for Adam and Eve And that same death is waiting for us one day but along with that comes the loneliness that we endure sickness pain disease these things that we endure today all because of man's sin And so people ask, well, how could a loving God let people get sick? How could a loving God allow things like cancer and strokes and Alzheimer's? Let me help you put it into perspective. Let's say that you go down to the, the, the Chevy dealer and you buy yourself a brand new Ford... And you pull out of that that parking lot and you drive it to Walmart and you back into another car and just wreck your new car. Now, who do you blame? Do you call the manufacturer and say, there's something wrong with your car. It's all dented up. What did you do wrong? Silly, huh? But isn't that what we're saying when we say, God, why would a loving God allow these things in our life? These sicknesses, these diseases that we endure, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the droughts, the floods, the struggles at work, the the pain in childbirth are all a result of man's sin. We broke it. This is not what God created. Why do bad things happen to good people? Simply because we live in a fallen world. Because sin entered into the world, all of these things are taking place. So let me move on. Number two, bad things happen to good people because of the sins of others. Now, each one of these, I want to give you a good biblical example of this. And and we know this one to be true even without that. I mean, we have government, right? (laughs) And and they, they say, well, we need more money, so they take it from us. So bad things happen to good people because of others. Well, in 2 Samuel chapter 11, you'll know the story of David and Bathsheba. And and David was wrong, and and he sinned, he committed adultery. But that wasn't the end of the story. Bathsheba became pregnant. Well, Bathsheba had a husband. His name was Uriah. He was a soldier in in David's army. And uh, David decided he's going to cover this up. So in chapter Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 14 through 17, it talks about how David got Uriah to come back from the, from the front, you know, where they were, where they were in battle, and he, he greeted him, he welcomed him, he did all those things, and, and then he told him, go on home and be with your wife. He thought, well, you know, if he sleeps with her, everything's going to be covered up. He'll think it's his child. But Uriah was a man of honor. He was a man of dignity. And he started thinking about how his men are out there in the battlefield, sleeping under the stars. He would not go into his house. He would not go into the comfort of his wife. And David had to come up with plan B. So David called for his general and said, put Uriah at the front of the battle, making sure that he's in the worst part so that he will die. You know what David was doing? Signing his death certificate. Here was an innocent man, a good man, a moral man. He had done nothing wrong. And yet, because David was trying to cover his tracks, he kills him. How many times do you watch the news where you hear about an innocent bystander being killed? You hear about people doing bad things to other people It's simply what we're talking about here today. Bad things happen because of the sins of others. Bad things happen to good people. And I think about families who go without food because mom and dad have a a habit of gambling or have a, a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction. I think about the innocent who are killed on our highways by drivers driving under the influence. Bad things happen to good people because we live in a fallen world and because of the sins of others we live in a world of fallen people number three bad things happen to good people to teach and to prepare us i'm going to go back to the life of david but i'm going to go back further when he was just a teenage boy uh, his father sent him over where his brothers are to uh, help them give them food they were in a battle and in this battle was a giant named Goliath. And he'd come out every day, twice a day, and he would rail upon the army of the living God. He would just talk trash, you know? Now, if you remember in that story, you'll recall that um, David, he hears that. And he says to his brothers and to those that were allowed, why doesn't somebody go and take care of that giant? And they said, well, he's too big to hit. And David, of course, said, no, he's too big to miss. And, and he said, I'll kill that giant. So, King Saul, he heard about it. He said, David, I want you to come on in here and and let me take a look at you. And David, just a teenage boy, skinny, scrawny, teenage boy, shepherd, he walks in. And the king says, You you can't fight this giant. That giant is, is a seasoned warrior. You could not go against him. David said, Well, wait a minute, let me tell you my testimony. He said, I've been out shepherding my father's sheep, and a lion came up, and I grabbed that lion, and I rescued the lamb out of his mouth, and I killed that lion. He said, not only was there a lion, there was a bear that came up, and I did the same thing. Rescued the lamb from his mouth and killed that old bear. He said, God protected me in those battles, and I know that God will protect me in this battle. And that Philistine will be like that lion and like that bear. He will be dead because God's hand is on me. I wonder, because that's what I do when I, uh, you know, prepare messages. I, I wonder about that story. And I could just see David out there, you know, on them evenings when that bear and that lion came up. On those two evenings and and after it was all over, he's sitting there probably breathing pretty hard. His heart is thumping. And he says, I wonder why God didn't just protect me from that lion. I wonder why God didn't just keep that bear from coming in here. You know, we go through a lot of trials, problems, burdens, and, and we wonder, God, why? We ask him that all the time. God, why? Maybe it's because of what we're talking about right here. God is preparing you for something else. See, David had to fight the lion. He had to fight the bear because later he's going to have to fight the giant. And he had to have faith in his God to go against that giant. God allowed the problems to get him ready because little did he realize that he had a bigger challenge coming up. So sometimes God allows problems to come into our way to equip us to do bigger and better things. Number four, God, uh, bad things happen to good people to bring glory to God. I'm going to invite you to turn over to Job, Job chapter 1 in your Bibles. Job chapter 1, in uh, verses 8 through 12, you know the story of Job. Job was a righteous man, and one day God is up in heaven bragging on his man, Job. And in verse 8, it says, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on all the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered and said, Lord, yeah. Hmm? Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hand, and his possessions have increased in the land. But God, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Y'all know this story, right? And, and, And in that day, Job lost all of his children in that same day he lost all of his livestock everything was gone he he was down to nothing but his his own body which was riddled with with sores and his wife that's all he had left and his wife says curse god and die job you know that that was real encouraging of her so here's God bragging about Satan, to Satan about Job. And, and Job, is, he's given permission to go and, and take all this away from Job. And what does Job do for the next, and I think it was years, but it could be months, whatever, throughout the book of Job. Now listen, Job questioned. Job wondered, just like we all do. But Job kept his eyes on God. And when it was all over with, you know what happened? God blessed Job with everything double where he had 5,000 he now had 10,000 even and, and and that wife uh, that said curse God and joke curse God and die had to have 10 more babies yeah he she had 10 grown kids when all this started now she had had 10 more babies and and we wonder well why didn't God double that and give her 20 more no he had 10 in heaven and 10 here on the earth he he doubled what he had so think of this why did all of that happen? Because God knew. God had faith. God had trust in his man, Job. We, we get it into our minds sometimes that this world revolves all around us. To believe that God made us um, uh, so that, you know, we would, I mean, we, we think that God is just there to do us a favor. We think he owes us a pain-free life. We think of the glory of God um, that God received the glory that God received because of this testimony but we need to get over the idea that God exists for us we were made for him we are called to bring him glory yes bad things happen to us but they happen for a reason we need to be patient with God and find out why is it just because we live in this fallen world I can accept that Is it because of the sins of others? I hate it, but I understand that. Is it because God is preparing us for something? We need to be ready to learn our lesson so that we can do something with that lesson that He taught us. And it may be just because God wants us to bring us to bring him glory. Someone who goes through a long illness and all of a sudden they, they get well. They go around and they say, Well, those doctors were really good down there at the clinic. That medicine that they gave me did real good. You know what? I praise the Lord for the doctors, the nurses, the the medicines, and all that, but I give God the glory because God is the one who created all of that. He's the great physician. Number five, bad things happen to good people to remind us to trust God. It's real easy to begin to feel self sufficient. It's easy for us to believe that we need nothing. We need no one, and then disaster hits our life. Then something enters in that we can't handle by ourselves, And it is then that we no longer um, have the confidence in ourselves. So what we do, we turn to God. We turn to God in those times of despair. Now, last week I told you there's a lot of Christians that just live on the periphery of, of Christianity. They just float around in their Christian life until some tragic thing happens. And now they want to understand God. Now they want to talk to God. They want to have an audience with Him and find out, God, why is all this happening? Well, when we just float around in our Christian life, we have nothing to base our trust in because we've been trusting ourselves. We've been trusting our bank account, trusting our job, trusting our performance. We haven't proved God in our life. It's often then that we begin to pray, you know, and that tragedy hits and and we begin to see God, but we have no real foundation to stand on when we pray. So here's what God is doing in our life. He's allowing little things to happen all along our life to keep us looking to him. A lot of things that we just can't control so that he can remind us to trust him. He often allowed that to happen to the Israelites. Think about when they were in Egypt. He brought all those plagues, and, and then uh, Pharaoh told them to leave, and they go across the Red Sea. He opens it up and closes it on them. Then they get out into the wilderness, and they start complaining. What are we going to drink? What are we going to eat? Where, where, when are we going to get there? You know, are we there yet? Those kinds of things. And God provided all along the way. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. They should have been trusting God, but all they could think about is their life back in Egypt. It's so easy to talk about how great God is when everything is going good. We talk about how we trust God when we're really just trusting in ourselves and our bank accounts. It's when we come to that place in our life where we have nowhere else to turn that we begin to really mean what we say. That I need to trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not unto my own understanding, acknowledge him in all my ways. You see, if we only do it when the big tragedy hits our life, we won't have a foundation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of the things not seen. Somebody asked me this week, a guy at the center said, what is Faith. I said, it's believing without seeing. He goes, that's right. He's just tested me. We need to believe in God no matter what. Number six, bad things happen to good people to help other people. Bad things happen to you so that you'll be able to help other people. 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 1 is my life verse, 3 and 4. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction problems, temptations, burdens, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction problem, temptations, burdens. How do we do it? With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Sadly, when we go through a bad time, when we have that burden, that problem, that temptation in our life, we, we tend to just begin to feel sorry for ourselves, don't we? Oh, woe is me. And we love to go around and tell people how deep our problem really is. And, and we just like to stick out that bottom lip and, and go around this world pouting but instead, what we ought to be doing is looking for ways for God to use what we're going through. Now, listen, as a pastor, a lot of times I have a, a person come to me and they, they want to deal with some medical issue. They, they just got word that they have cancer. Well, I've never experienced that. I, I don't know what you're going through. I can empathize with you. I, I can pray for you. I can, you know, love on you, but I've never experienced that. But if I know someone else who had cancer and God led them through and God healed them, I'm going to call that person and say, can you go and visit or maybe call this person up? Because they need what I call knowledgeable comfort. They need comfort from somebody who's walked that way, done that. And again, how do we comfort? With the same comfort God has given us when we go through that. So when you went through that, maybe God brought someone to your side to help you along. Maybe God gave you some scripture that that really brought you comfort. You take that with you when you visit that person to help them in their struggle. We shared what God taught us um, through our battle. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, here's something you need to know. When you have a difficulty problem a burden an issue in your life and you refuse to learn anything you're just going to pout you're just going to let it hang until it just naturally goes away two things are going to happen number one you're going to have to go through that whole battle again you know that right you know if you fail the test at school the teacher lets you retest God is going to let you retest and retest and retest and retest until you learn what he's trying to teach you. He's trying to strengthen you, whatever he's doing. So you have to learn. So the first thing is you've got to go back through the trial. The second thing is if you refuse to learn, you will never be able to help someone else. Very sad thing happened to my family 23 years ago. We lost a baby. You don't know what that's like until it happens to you. God uses that in our life to help and to comfort others. We we need to learn what God is doing in our life. We need to get the bigger picture and, and not just sit down and feel sorry for ourselves. Bad things happen to us simply because God wants to use you to help others who have bad things happen to them so why do bad things happen to good people sometimes they happen so those people can help others and the seventh one you notice i didn't say finally this morning so there's more coming but number seven bad things happen to good people to remind us we're not home yet praise god john sixteen thirty three. jesus said you will have suffering in this world you hear what my emphasis was? See, Jesus said, in this world, that tells me there's another world coming. So when we, we listen and we said, you will have, there's, there's one thing I want you to get. It's coming. It's, we can't avoid it. In this world. You know, we get, we get busy in this life. We're building our house. We're raising our families. We're working our job. And we forget that this place is not our home. I mean, we put down roots, we, we have hope for future, and all of that is good, but this is not my home. I'm just a passing through, the song says. We often forget that Jesus, right now, Jesus is preparing a place for you if you know him as your Savior. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Right now, he's preparing that place. We're not home yet. The place we're going to is kind of like what Adam and Eve had back in the garden. There's no pain. There's no suffering. No separation. There's no tears. The place where where we are headed has streets of gold, gates of pearl, joy filling the air, a, a worship all the time. Oh, beloved, we're not home yet. This, this world, this existence that we have is just a pale shadow of what God has prepared for us. And these problems come into our life just to remind us sometimes how much better it's going to be. If you remember last week, we read from the writings of the Apostle Paul, the same one who wrote what, what Leyland read for us this morning, you know, uh, all, all the things that she read about his beaten, being left for dead, being persecuted. Last week, our text said this, all the suffering of this world is not to be compared with the glory that God has for us. All the suffering of this world is not to be compared to what God has planned for our forever home. There is a better place waiting for us but in this world bad things are going to happen listen to me we can't avoid them it's not going to all just be because of our sin and sometimes it is but it could be the sins of others it could just be because we're in a fallen world God is trying to teach us God wants us to do more for him but there's one more question that I really want to answer before we close this morning When bad things happen to good people, when bad things happen to God's people, how do we respond? How are we supposed to respond to what God is doing? Number one, we need to keep trusting God. Open your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 8. I heard some of you put them away. You shouldn't have done it. Romans chapter 8. And I want to read for you verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now drop down to verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He he who did not share he who did not spare his own son, God gave him up for us all. How will he also not also with him graciously give us all things? So, so often when, when pain and trouble comes our way, the first thing we ought to do is to remember that God is in control. He said, all things work together for good. Not all things are good that are going to happen, but all things will work together for good. In other words, if you learn your lesson, you're going to have something for somebody else. If you learn your lesson, you're going to have wisdom. God is going to work out a good thing because of what you're going through. Trust me on this. When pain and troubles come your way, remember that God is in control and then trust him. The psalmist said in Psalm 37, verse 5 and 6, commit your way... To the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. Put your faith in Him. Trust Him. He will do the rest. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as noonday. So, are you trusting this morning that God is in control? Do you believe that He has a plan for you? Do you know that He has you in His hand? And, you know, Jesus said, if you're in his hand, no man can pluck you out. Not even yourself. Another thing we ought to do is remember God's love. Still right there in Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, listen to what he says, that neither death nor life, not angels, not rulers, not things present nor things to come, not powers, demons, not height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow. I think that's a pretty uh, all-encompassing list, don't you? Nothing, nothing is going to separate you from his love. These problems come into your life not to separate you, but to draw you closer to him. Oh, my, my, my beloved, I pray that you get this today. Bad things are going to happen, but they don't have to be negative things. Just remember that God loves you more than you can imagine. And the last thing, look ahead. Look ahead. The Bible says, eye has not seen nor ear heard. It hasn't entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Something better is coming. A better home, a better life. Think of that home that's waiting for you. Think about that reunion you're going to have. That's why we want to go out and and share the gospel with as many people as we can. We want to make sure that our families know Jesus, our neighbors know Jesus, so that that day that we're called to heaven, we'll all be there together. When bad things happen, keep these things in mind. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, these promises can be yours. Because the truth is, when you go through a bad time in your life, you have... You don't have that creator God, the one who knows everything about you. You don't have him working on your behalf. You come to faith in Jesus Christ today. You ask him to be your savior. You can know him, have a personal relationship with him, and he can walk with you, talk with you. He can guide you in every step. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have your love that is a, an everlasting love. Nothing can take that away. Nothing can interrupt it, not even our own sin. You said nothing will pluck us out of your Father's hands. Even when we backslide, even when we do the wrong thing, you still love us, and we thank you for that. The powers of this world can't separate us from your love. The powers of hell can't separate us from your love. God, I pray that we would just get a glimpse of what you have prepared for us because God we are just going through a hard time in our life, in our nation, in our world what this world calls good is just wicked evil and the things that we know that are evil this world is calling good so we know that it is time for you to call us home and we say even so come quickly Lord Jesus but until then we pray that you would walk with us and be with us, teaching us, helping us help others. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have an invitation.